See? So we are in Acts chapter 15. We're going to be looking at verses 30 to 35. If you want to open your Bibles or turn them on and navigate there, we've been spending three weeks talking about something uh, we might call the Jerusalem Council. And today is the outcome of that, kind of the exciting outcome of the Jerusalem Council where they get to uh, apply everything that happened, and it'll be a great outcome that we'll get to see and we can learn a lot from. But because it's all based on that, it would be uh, very important to review what we've already been talking about the last three weeks. So I put together a little review here. I have some questions some questions that are going to appear on the screen <clears throat> real soon at any second. Okay. Uh, so I have some questions. I have five questions. And I am going to come down and I would like to see if there are people that could answer these questions. I have five questions. I also have five prizes. Five uh, major prizes for you this morning uh, if you answer a question. So uh, let's start here in our little review. Uh, Paul and Barnabas went to Jerusalem. Uh, why did Paul and Barnabas go to Jerusalem? Anybody have the answer? Any age here? Doesn't matter. I see a hand back there. Questions about what? All right, uh, he had it and lost it, I think. Why did Paul and Barnabas go to Jerusalem? To um, see about, find answers to whether the Gentiles need to be circumcised or not. Yes, whether Gentiles need to be circumcised or not. Thank you. All right, so you'll get prize number one. Remember that, okay? I'll hand them out in a minute. Uh, so Paul and Barnabas, they were going there. Remember in Antioch, there, there were new believers. The new church was forming a very exciting time. Uh, the new church, which we are part of today. And uh, yet people came along and said, you have to be circumcised. You have to become a Jew is really what they were saying. And so now there was some debate about that. And Paul and Barnabas were sent to Jerusalem uh, by the church in Antioch uh, to go discuss that and see what the other apostles had to say. Number two, Ooh, I didn't just give the answer there, did I? Who did they meet with in Jerusalem? Who did they meet with in Jerusalem when they got there? Yes. The apostles and... And the elders there too, yes. The apostles and elders. A, a group of leaders in Jerusalem. Very good. So you get prize number two there. Number three, what did they discuss? What did they discuss in Jerusalem? What was the big discussion that we've been talking about for three weeks here at the chapel? What did they discuss there at this council? They discussed not only the circumcision question, but they also uh, discussed whether or not they should continue going to the, the Gentiles. And, and it was decided that they should because the Gentiles had Excellent answer. Thank you for that. Uh, I should have just gave you the microphone. <laughs> you just gave a really good answer. Let me see if I can remember what you just said. 
Uh, so they decided, well, not only was the circumcision question, but whether they should go to the Gentiles at all, you said, which to us is like crazy. Of course you should, but to them it really was a big deal. That's why we spend three weeks on it now, and it was a really big deal to them. And uh, they decided they should. Um, is that all you said? Because they had received the Holy Spirit. If God gave them the Holy Spirit, who are we to stop that? Very good. So that's prize number three. All right, and what did the letter say? So there was a letter that was written. They're going to carry it back. We're going to see the outcome of that today. What did the letter say? You don't have to tell me everything, maybe just one or two things that the letter said. They're taking a letter to the church in Antioch uh, for them to read. What did it say? What was something that's in there? It was a very short letter. Yeah. Uh, it said that they had talked about this, that they were in unity about it, that they were going to send Paul and Barnabas back to like, bring the letter and to discuss it with them, and that there were four things they wanted them to um, keep doing. All right, very good. So there was unity. That's a big deal there. And they were going to send Paul and Barnabas with others back with the letter. They decided that. And... Um, there was four things they wanted them to do. Was that to get saved? They had to do those four things? No, there was nothing added to get saved. There was just things they wanted them to think about and do that would help out. So uh, what did the letter not say? I think this is one of the most important questions here. Uh, the letter was very short. What did the letter not say? I think what it did not say was almost as important as what it did say. What did it not say? What's something that it did not say? What's that again? There you go. It did not say you have to be circumcised. Or in other words, it did not say you have to become a Jew to get saved. Or in other words, to us, you do not have to get religious. You do not have to do a religious thing and follow ten religious things to be saved? No, it's none of that. It's the Lord Jesus Christ alone. Faith in him is what saves you. And that's an exciting letter to carry off, and we're going to see the outcome of that. I have some prizes here to give away, five of them. Where did I put those prizes at? I had some special prizes I wanted to give. Where were those prizes at? Oh, it's like a sheet coming down out of heaven. It's a sheet coming down out of heaven. I wonder what's in it. Wow. Hmm. Let's see here. I wonder when Peter saw the sheet if he had to unfold it and figure out what was in it here. Okay, I do think I have some prizes here. The sheet from heaven. Uh, who was the first winner? Uh, fried pork skins. <laughs> fried pork skins. Who was the second winner? Spicy fried pork skins. <laughs> Remember what you might consider unclean. You know, be, think about whether it's really unclean or not. 
Who was the next winner? This is a grass-fed and finished venison beef stick. <laughs> venison stick, I guess. Uh, who was the next? Spam. <laughs> With real bacon. Now, if the bacon's real, what's the other stuff in there? I don't know. Remember, don't consider it unclean. That's what someone else might consider clean. Who was the last one? Was that Gary? Pig's feet. Cooked, cured, bone-in, and ready to eat. You can go ahead and eat on that during the message if you want to. Share it with the people around you. Now, you might consider that gross or unclean, but hey, you know, what one person considers unclean, another person could make clean, something like that. Uh, remember what Peter learned there? Okay. So, look at that. The Well, uh, I wonder if this will go back up to heaven for a while. Okay. So there's our review. That's, uh, that leads us up to what we're going to talk about today, chapter 15, and starting in verse 30. All right. That's not going to fall on me, right? Okay. Uh, verse 30 says, So when they were sent away, they went down to Antioch. So the Jerusalem, Jerusalem council happened. They decided to send... Uh, Paul and Barnabas. Notice I said they decided that everything was a group decision here. It actually was a group in Antioch. If you go back and read what it said, the group in Antioch sent them, the two of them, to a group in Jerusalem. A group's going to do something there. A group's going to go and a group's going to talk there. There's no one-man show here. This is not one person doing everything. It was a group. So when they were sent away, they went down to Antioch. So uh, Jerusalem to Antioch, you can see on the screen there. Last week we looked at uh, the trip from Antioch to Jerusalem. So there is the same thing, but the other direction. Uh, Jerusalem to Antioch. You know, this is really a neat thing. When you look on Google Maps and look at where they would have went. Is there a pointer here? There it is. Uh, So Jerusalem down here going up there. Probably a six-day walk. I, I kind of did the math there. That's with no breaks. So probably seven or eight or nine days, something like that. This is the elevation. Do you see why when it says, whenever someone says they're leaving Jerusalem, why they're going down somewhere? Look at that. When you leave Jerusalem, you go right down there. And uh, we don't know the path they really took. Might not have been that path, but they ended up right there in elevation. But they went down to Antioch. Maybe seven, eight, or nine days. I wonder what they talked about on the way. They were holding a very important letter. Four of them here uh, were sent out, and uh, they probably discussed what they're going to do when they get there. And it would probably all be planned out, and uh, probably had some good discussions uh, on the way. So, they went down to Antioch. Having gathered the congregation together, they delivered the letter. When they had read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. So when they got to Antioch, they got everybody together. Uh, 
I wonder what this looked like. I wonder what time of day they got there or what day they got there at all. But they gathered everyone and uh, people wanted to hear. Do you think the people might have been eager to, to hear what had been decided in Jerusalem? Well, what was hanging in the balance here? What was the question about? The question really was about their salvation, wasn't it? Could we say heaven and hell were hanging in the balance here? Are you saved or are you not? Can you be saved by the Lord Jesus Christ? Was his work 100% perfect, so good that it could save any human being on earth 100% by simply admitting you're a sinner and having faith in him for salvation? Is that really true? That's an amazing thing to accept. It really is a wild thought, a new thought to many people at the time, especially the Jews. Could it really be, and could Gentiles really benefit from this? And it was a huge question. And if they couldn't, uh, well, they need to go get circumcised, right? That's not a fun thought right there. And, uh, and then what else do you have to do? What other Jewish laws? You've got to become Jewish. You've got to do everything else. Uh, I mean, this is, this is a, a big deal. Our whole lives are going to change. So can we have faith in Christ, or is it a whole bunch of stuff? And of course, I want to be saved. How much stuff do I need to do? I need to know. Give me the list so I can start working on it, right? Well, that's kind of what's hanging in the balance here. And uh, so this is a very big deal. And so when they get together, they're going to hear what the apostles and the elders, you know, apostles and common leaders of the church all got together and discussed this together through the Holy Spirit. And... Um, they came up with this letter. So they delivered it to the group who probably was in great anticipation of what it said. Uh, they delivered the letter, and when they read it, several commentaries I read pointed out um, that uh, in Greek you can say who did what, and in English it doesn't say so much. When they read it, that wouldn't have been Paul and Barnabas. They would have actually, it was important to them to hand it to the Antioch believers. And the Antioch believers would then read it. This is not something that Paul and Barnabas made up on the eight-day journey. This is not something, you know, because they already knew what Paul and Barnabas thought. This was the council writing the letter to the church, and the church was going to read it. So they would read it. Paul and Barnabas and <clears throat> Judas and Silas here uh, eagerly awaiting uh, their response to it. They would read it and they would all see that they agree that salvation is by faith in Jesus Christ. When they had read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. And there's the outcome of the Jerusalem council. They rejoiced because of its encouragement. The Jews that came along and told them they need to get circumcised, or in other words, become a Jew and get religious uh, to get saved, um, did they... Did they bring encouragement? Did the people rejoice when they heard those words? No, the letter actually said that those people were unsettling your souls. Is that not what religion does? It can just unsettle your soul. It might make you feel pretty good for doing religious things for a while, but you know, you can never just do enough. You can never do enough. And these people were really unsettling their souls. Boy, can we be saved by faith or not? But this letter brought a different outcome. They rejoiced, okay? And that would be praising God, praising God. They rejoiced because of its encouragement. 
Why would this be so encouraging to them? Well, these are believers in Antioch, a pagan city uh, in, a, in a place where they probably grew up not knowing much about the true living God. They probably thought there were many gods, there were many ways to worship the many gods, all sorts of different stuff. Somehow along the line, God convicted them of sin. They realized they were sinners before the one true God, and they, and they believed in him and became saved. And that's very exciting but then when these other Jews came along, that would be very troubling. This would be so encouraging to realize that the apostles, and remember, these, a lot of them were the ones that were with Jesus. They were actually with Jesus and got this directly from him. Uh, and they agreed with the elders, the, you know, the, the new leadership that would be coming along in the Jerusalem church. They all agreed that God's word also says this, and it's God's plan that you can truly be saved by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when they first had faith, that was probably exciting. And then when they heard it might not be true, you can imagine that would be a little, you know, rough. And now this would be very encouraging. And there was a cause to rejoice. I wonder if they had a party that night. Maybe they sang some songs. Uh, who knows? But they rejoiced, and it was an encouraging letter. Just to be reminded that what they already learned was true about salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been talking about this for three weeks now at the chapel. I hope none of you have missed this here. Uh, that the apostles agree with the elders and the other believers at the time, and we agree still today, that uh, a person cannot be saved by becoming religious, by becoming a Jew or any other religion. You have to be saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the one thing. <clears throat> We all are sinners, including me and all of you. We all are sinners, and we deserve to go to hell and be punished for our sins. That's just the way it is. Whether you like it or not, it's true. But Jesus loves you so much that he died on the cross for your sins and for my sins. He took the punishment you deserve, and he did everything that you could not do to save you. If you believe you're a sinner and you ask him to forgive your sins, and you believe in Jesus Christ, you can be saved. It was true then, it's true today, right here in Yakima, Washington. You can be saved. You don't have to get religious and uh, do the Jewish thing or whatever else it is. It's believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. They all talked about it, and they agreed that it's true. We agree here today, and we're still preaching that today. <coughs> One more thing that would have been encouraging about that letter I wanted to point out. In the beginning of it, it said, we do not <clears throat> want to give you, we want to give you no greater burden than these. And then they gave them things that, that they wanted them to remember to do. All right, not to get saved, uh, but things that they should do. No greater burden, no greater burden. They realized uh, trying to become a Jew, circumcised, this is a huge burden that'll get you nowhere. Uh, and they said, we do not want that. We want you to be free from that and realize that it's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is interesting, in the same letter, they give them things to do. That doesn't mean we just go live our lives and sin every day and it's no big deal. It is a big deal. What we do every day is a very big deal. And we should stop sinning. You should do what's right. That's what they were telling them. 
But that's not what saves you. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is who saves you. Verse 32, Judas and Silas, also being prophets themselves, encouraged and strengthened the brethren with a lengthy message. So remember, Judas and Silas were sent along with Paul and Barnabas. The reason being, Judas and Silas would be from Jerusalem, kind of the representatives from them, because uh, the Antioch church knew what Paul and Barnabas already thought. But Judas and Silas are coming along saying, yes, we agree, the whole uh, Jerusalem council agrees they would be the representatives. We agree that that letter was written in Jerusalem. They could attest to that. Uh, and Paul and Barnabas, of course, were there too, agreeing with it all as well. So it's important that Judas and Silas were there to show that the church in Jerusalem truly was saying this, and that letter was from them. Being prophets themselves, the word prophet in the Bible can actually mean a lot of different things. Uh, a message from God a prophet has could be about the future, could be about something else. A prophet also could be someone simply expounding the word of God uh, to people, helping them understand it. And so Judas and Silas were doing something of that. They were prophets and they encouraged and strengthened the brethren. Aren't those great words there? Encouraged and strengthened the brethren. I've noticed as we've gone through Acts, I've seen the word encourage a lot in the book of Acts. There's encouragement. Barnabas was known for his encouragement. I've seen a lot of encouragement through the book of Acts and the things that happen. And Judas and Silas preaching, uh, helping them understand God's word, would be encouraging and strengthening. I hope that's what we're doing this morning. Are you encouraged and strengthened to be here at the chapel? Hopefully, uh, remembering Christ this morning, worshiping him was encouraging and strengthening the, if you went to a Sunday school or just being together this morning and then teaching from his word. I hope you're encouraged and strengthened this morning. Uh, I, I have to laugh every time I read this. They, they, they did this with the lengthy message. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't really know. What's lengthy? Uh, must have been a little longer than your average message. So um, in the spirit of that, I thought I should give a really lengthy message today, everybody. <laughs> But then I look, and I only have five verses to go to, so it might be a very short message, actually, uh, today. But it was all led by the Holy Spirit. Every part of this, and that's one thing as I studied, I kind of had an aha moment, thinking about all the groups and people meeting together. You know, it was the Holy Spirit of God in the whole thing, orchestrating this whole thing. And, uh, and he's the one that would be encouraging and strengthening them through Judas and Silas. <clears throat> After they had spent time there, they were sent away from the brethren in peace to those who had sent them out. I think that's a really key word there, peace. They were sent in peace. Judas and Silas sent out in peace back to the church in Jerusalem, uh, which means the church in Antioch was filling peace with the church in Jerusalem. The Gentiles and the Jews at peace with each other. And what brought them together? The Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That brought them together and they had peace. They agreed on that. And that's a huge thing. You know, this whole thing could have turned into a disaster, couldn't it? Uh, they were arguing. This was a big argument. This could have turned into some horrible thing and, and people believe in different stuff and turning out really bad. Well, it turned out with peace, and that's an amazing thing. 
This is a good example to us of a time where people did disagreed, uh, but through the Holy Spirit, groups of people talked together, not just one or two people, but lots of people talked, they worked together, and uh, they came out with agreement and unity on what God wanted, and now they have peace. And the whole thing ends with peace. Peace between the believers in Antioch and the believers in Jerusalem. Peace between the Gentiles and the Jews. And I think this really, this is a huge moment in the church, in the history of the church. We're Gentiles today. There's Jewish believers today too, and we are all part of the same church. Uh, we all believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we can have peace with each other. You can have peace with God today, and peace with all of his believers, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you give up on your religious stuff, and trying to earn your way to heaven, uh, and simply believe in Jesus Christ. Admit that you're a sinner, believe in him, uh, ask him to forgive your sins. You can have peace with him and peace with others today. That's a great thing. Verse 34, it seemed good to Silas to remain there. Some manuscripts don't have that in it, uh, so not sure if it should be there or not. It doesn't really have any effect on the passage. Verse 35, but Paul and Barnabas stayed in Antioch, teaching and preaching with many others also the word of the Lord. So Paul and Barnabas stayed there. Uh, it was shown by the council, by the letter, by Judas and Silas, that uh, what Paul and Barnabas were preaching is true. They all agreed with it. And so Paul and Barnabas did what they set out to do in the very beginning, uh, to teach and preach the word of the Lord. And notice it says teaching and preaching with many others also. This is not just Paul and Barnabas. God, through his Holy Spirit, was giving the ability for other people to do teaching and preaching. Now, is that an interesting thing? Remember, this is a new church in Antioch, one of the first Gentile churches, kind of the, the home of the Gentile church. Who were these other people teaching and preaching? Is it new Gentile believers? I'm not really sure. Were there other people from Jerusalem coming? Maybe a mixture of both, but that's how God works, doesn't he? He uses many different people in many different ways uh, to build up and strengthen and encourage the church. And here we are in Yakima, Washington today. What's going on here at the chapel today? Are we preaching and teaching the word of the Lord? I think we are. Uh, preaching would be like what I'm doing right now, Teaching uh, is all the other things that go on. Teaching can be done in many different ways, uh, different settings. Um, so preaching and teaching would just encompass all sorts of different things that were going on. How could all these different leaders and teachers, Jews, Gentiles, Paul, who was a Hebrew of Hebrews, Gentile new believers, how could they teach together in different ways, in different settings, and be teaching the same thing? Well, do you notice what were, they, what were they teaching? It was the word of the Lord. It was God's word. As long as we stick to God's word, then uh, we're teaching the same thing. Same thing they did. Salvation by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> it was true then and still true today. <clears throat> you know, God wrote a letter to the church in Antioch and by the way, when I was reading it, I realized it wasn't just the church in Antioch. It was actually addressed to uh, the churches in uh, Syria and Cilicia, and it was addressed to the Gentiles, is what it was addressed to. Um, any Gentiles here? 
Okay, well, in a little way, addressed to us as well. But specifically, it was brought to Antioch. I wonder if God wrote a letter to the chapel, Titan Drive Bible Chapel in Yakima. I wonder what it would say. Hmm. A letter right from God to Titan Drive Bible Chapel. I wonder what it would say. Oh, you know, there might be one more thing in this sheet straight down from heaven here. Look at that. It's a letter. All right, we'll send it back up to heaven. From God to Titan Drive Bible Chapel. Wonder what it says. You know, there's a letter to Antioch, and they were kind of excited to read it. Anyone want to know what's in here? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to be like Paul and Barnabas. I'm not going to read it. I'm going to hand it off to someone else to read. Uh, someone want to read this? You want to read it? You want to come on up here? It's sealed. You want to open it up there? Don't know exactly what God would say, but I just thought maybe this is one thing he might say uh, to the church at Titan Drive Bible Chapel, similar to the letter that was written to them. All right? John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Give her a hand, everybody. Good job. Thank you. There you have it. Salvation by the Lord Jesus Christ. God loves you so much. He sent his one and only son. Uh, whoever believes in him can have eternal life. That includes you, you and I today, right here at Titan Drive Bible Chapel. Guess I don't need that, do I? Let's pray. God in heaven, thank you so much for salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you that Jesus did everything that we could not do to earn our way to heaven. Lord, we just admit we can't do it, but you did everything and you love us so much. Thank you for that. Help everyone here to accept that, Lord, to understand it and to live for you, Lord, and help us to share that message uh, with the world also. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.